BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique alvarez Clary. When I gave you the cookie, I heard very clearly, I don't think about you, Schmidt. Why would I think about you? Because we're friends. We're not animals. We're men. The only time a man is allowed to think about another man is when that man is Jay Cutler. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick and Rico joining you guys still to close out a Wednesday. Once again, thanks to Sammy and Sarah of Nebraska Soccer for joining us last segment. They're off to a good 5-0-1 start here early on in the 2023 season. But now it's time to uh, turn our attention to Nebraska and Colorado as we bring in the voice of Colorado football. Mark Johnson joins us on the Aloe VIP line, the VIP line brought to you by Aloe Fiber, where we understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. And with that, we bring in Mark Johnson, the voice of Colorado football. Mark, I really appreciate you taking this time to to sit down and talk to us for about 10 or 15 minutes here. It's been a pretty exciting uh, couple of uh, days here in, in Boulder. Boy, there, there's no doubt about that. You know, and it's interesting by association with my job. Uh, since nobody can get Prime on the phone to talk to, uh, I become the, the, the <laughs> you know, those interviews. So my phone's been ringing nonstop since that game on Saturday. But yeah, it's an interesting time at Buff Nation. There is no doubt about that. Mark, let's just kind of back up here to to last December. Uh, Deion Sanders gets hired in early December. Uh, throughout the off season, the the transfer portal situation gets talked about not only on a local or regional stage, but on a national level. Um, and then just the the atmosphere in Boulder. Just kind of talk and walk us through the past seven and a half to eight months and what it's been like after this program went one and eleven last season. Well, and it was 1-11. It was a bad 1-11, if there is such a thing. It should have been 0-12, and we're getting beat. You know, there was a five-game stretch where we got beat by almost an average of 40 points a game. We were the worst team in college football, hands down, not even close. The most irrelevant team in college football. You want to talk about bottoming out, and, and I know that, you know, Nebraska fans can relate a little bit. You know, they, mm-hmm. both these programs have had their struggles here at recent years, but what you all were dealing with was nothing compared to what was going on in, in Boulder, Colorado. It was awful. And so for to go from that, to December 4th, hiring, you know, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, to come in and be the head coach, and having this program all of a sudden become the most talked-about program in America, and then over the next number of months, because of what he did recruiting, become as relevant as anybody in America, and then have the start that they had, you know, last week, I mean, it has been like a tsunami has hit Boulder. I mean, it has affected every aspect of the athletic department, from donations to sponsorships to season ticket sales to listenership to social media. It has hit 
everything. And uh, I say all the time, we hired a celebrity who coaches. We didn't hire a celebrity coach. We hired a celebrity who coaches. And, uh, you know, Deion Sanders is kind of one-on-one. He's kind of a unique individual. Mm -hmm. And it it has altered every aspect of the athletic department. Now, Mark, with your profession being the play-by-play, the voice of Colorado football, we talked about the complete roster overhaul that Coach Prime and Colorado went through. But for you, you know, learning all of the names, the numbers, the faces, and trying to get all that uh, with what you're doing for Colorado, how difficult was that? And, and what was your thought on him just overturning the entire roster? Well, for a number of years, you know, I did national games for some of the networks. And, and you know, you get you walk into a national game and you got to get ready on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're the voice of a team, like, like well, I am or Greg on your end, I mean, you know, we, we know the program. And so, you know, that, that, that part of the preparation is always easy. Well, here a few weeks ago, I don't know, four or five weeks ago, I, I got in the elevator one day and about six, seven guys jumped in the elevator. I looked around and thought, I don't know anybody in the elevator. Not one player. There was only nine guys that came back, uh, scholarship guys. There were some walk-ons. But it was a total overhaul, and so getting ready for this season has been like doing a national game with two programs you have, you've never seen before. And so, uh, you know, that, that's been a bit of a challenge. Uh, now, what he did, he took advantage of the rules the NCAA allows in this crazy world of college football in which we live with NIL and, and with uh, Transfer Portal and took advantage of them for a first-year coach and, and has used them to his advantage. And it's been a, a startling transformation of the roster and just getting out there in the practice field you know once fall camp got underway and standing back and thinking where the athletic uh level was you know nine months ago and where it is now is in a totally different world and so uh, it, it's been quite quite astounding to watch and see how he has done this, and, and it's been a total transformation. We're speaking to the voice of the Buffs. Uh, Mark Johnson joins us on the Allo VIP line. And, and Mark, let's talk about the game that, that occurred last Saturday, got over 7 million viewers on national television. I mean, Colorado comes away with a 45-42 to win against the TCU Horn Frogs down in the road on the road in Fort Worth. I mean, just what were your takeaways from week one in a, in a time where I think a lot of outsiders like ourselves that obviously don't spend multiple days a week or a month uh, around the program like maybe you do, I, we didn't really know what to expect. We didn't know what to yeah. expect from, from a, a Deion Sanders Colorado team in game one. But here they are. They they have an, an explosive offensive performance, 45-42 win over the uh, the national champion runner-up uh, TCU last Saturday. Well, do you know what happens? Because of, of Coach Prime's personality and, and the way he goes about what he does, it, I, I think, kind of perverts the perception a little bit. And so people got caught up in his, you know, persona, uh, as dynamic as it is, and, and didn't really pay attention to the football aspect of this. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, i got to be honest with you. I stood out there every day in practice for a month, and I kept thinking, Wait, I think I see what I think I see. I mean, they're they're incredibly athletic. Uh, every day I see Shador Sanders, I'm more and more impressed with him as a quarterback. But again, it's practice. You're going against the same guys every single day, and it's so hard mm-hmm. to tell. It's not like the NFL where we get preseason games and you get a read on things. So I had greater expectation than I think the average person did out there because of what I saw every day. And then when I saw it in real time with the bullets are flying out there and and did see how they match up against a very good team in, in TCU that played for a national championship. But yes, they lost talent, but it is still the bulk of the players on that field played in that championship game a year ago and, and saw how the speed of Colorado neutralized TCU, 
how good Shadur Sanders is, and he's better. Like I said, every time I see him, I think, man, this can he be any better? And he's got a great arm. He's accurate with the ball. His timing is outstanding. He's a very smart kid. Um, he reads defenses very, very well. I was blown away by the way he kind of manipulated the pocket, slipped the pocket, buying himself more time. And then he never seems to get panicked. His eyes are downfield all the time, finding open men and buying time. And so uh, it, they were better than I thought they would be. And, and then moving forward, and I think to myself, okay, if you're going to beat Colorado, you better score 35-plus points. And that's a lot of points. This team is going to be hard for teams to cover because of the number of weapons and the speed with which they have. I can't, you know, I'm looking at Colorado's schedule thinking, okay, who's, who can match that speed? Well, the Pac-12, Oregon probably can. TC, or rather USC probably can. Uh, you know, outside of that, I don't know. I don't know who can match that speed across the board. Um, and, and I'm not just saying, though, the man have as much speed. They're not going to have any more because I'm, I'm not sure you can. And so that's what makes it so impressive and why I was so, uh, you know, pleasantly surprised on Saturday down in Fort Worth. Mark, you mentioned Shadur Sanders. Travis Hunter going both huh. ways at such a high level, the number one recruit in his recruiting class a couple of years ago, uh, committed to Florida State, decommits, follows uh, Coach Prime to Jackson State and follows him up to Colorado. I mean, what were your first impressions of Travis and, and after that game against TCU? I mean, he's the Heisman frontrunner right now. Yeah. Well, first off, uh, when I first saw him in practice, and I thought to myself, you know, you could a Martian could land on the planet and know nothing about football, and you could walk him out to the practice field, and he could stand there for 30 seconds and say, that one's different than the rest of them. Okay, he's one of those guys. He's just different. He looks different. You know, we had Leviska Chenault here a few years ago who was different. Uh, but Travis is unique even compared to Leviska and what he offered physically on the field. And then to see what he did, playing 128 or 29 snaps, whatever it was, in, in 90 degree heat, and somebody said it was 132 degrees down of the field, you know, with the sun down there in Fort Worth. But to play with that kind of of uh, effort for that long, with that many snaps, and then you know, you guys have sure have seen the highlight of the interception that you had in my 35 years of doing that, that. That's one of the great plays I've ever seen. I mean, he baited the quarterback, he read the play, and then broke in the ball to make that interception. So he is a unique unique athlete uh, that I'm not sure there's a, you know, there's some very good players. Make no mistake about it in college football. There's very good players that we're going to talk about for the Heisman all year. I'm just not sure that anybody uh, is any better than him because I'm not sure that's even possible. But, he, you know, when you start seeing uh, professional athletes, uh, guys who are playing at the top of the game in the NFL, talk about Travis Hunter is as good as any of us. And, and I'll tell you a quick, quick aside here. I, I said to Dion one day, I said, you know, you're, you might be the greatest cornerback in the history of football. How does Travis Hunter compare to you at that age? Deion Sanders said he's better than I was, not even close. That, that's some pretty high praise coming from a guy like that. So, yeah, he, he is a special player. Here's the thing, though. The way things have gone, and as good as he is, teams are just going to stop throwing at him. And yeah. which will be good. I guess it will cut the field down in half that Colorado's got to defend. But they're not going to throw to him because he's that kind of, that kind of player back there. We're, we're speaking of the voice of the Buffs. Mark Johnson joins us. And now let's talk about Saturday's game because uh, from Nebraska fans – we're we're sitting here going, all right. How what what are Colorado's weaknesses? We know the strengths are, are their speed on the perimeter. We know uh, the the insane level of athlete, athleticism that the Buffaloes have. What are are some of Colorado's strengths? That if if they're you know Nebraska fans listening going into the really? game in Boulder this Saturday, where maybe Nebraska might be able to take advantage and, and keep it, maybe even come away with a win at times. 
Well, here's what I'll say. And, and at this point, I'm not sure for any of it. You know, Gary Barnett's my the great coach is my broadcast partner. And Gary always mm-hmm. says, uh, you don't know what a team is until you've played at the minimum four games. Yep. Okay, so for all of us, for Nebraska, for Colorado, for anybody, we're not all sure what we are at this point. And that's why I kept using that caveat. It's one game. And so I'm trying not to overstate. I'm just saying it was impressive what I saw so far. Here's what I'll say of the unknowns at this point for Colorado. And I, I think that's the fair way of doing that for all of us at this point. The unknowns for Colorado is can they establish a run game and do so against a physical team? That we don't know yet. They didn't have to do it last week. They threw the ball all over the yard. And so I think that's something that, that I'm still wondering about with, with Colorado. Uh, the line protected very well, throwing for over 500 yards, as Shadur Sanders did. Uh, when I, he said to me the other day, uh, we did a little pregame thing together, and I, I said to him, the line's doing a great job. But he said, the only time I got dirty is when I held the ball too long. Those were my mistakes. So I think it's fair to say I don't know if Colorado can establish a power running game at this point. Uh, defensively. Can they, you know, they gave up some yards and some points, obviously, to TCU. Can they tighten that up? Can they stand up against a team that's going to power run the ball against them? I think that's a fair question at this point in time. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not necessarily looking at anybody and saying, well, that's an obvious flaw in the team. I just say it's an unknown mm-hmm. at this point, and I think those are fair unknowns for Colorado right now. Mark, a couple more before we go ahead and let you go. And next, I want to ask. Just the vibe that is in Boulder this week ahead of, I mean, after last Saturday's performance, but then ahead of what is a, a big rivalry where even the Colorado president talked to, or excuse me, I can't remember if it's AD or president talked about how there's open bye weeks or excuse me, open dates in the seasons to come there. This, this rivalry between Nebraska and Colorado still has juice. And, and Colorado's yeah. gotten the bets of Nebraska prior, you know, prior to when Scott Frost was the head coach here at Nebraska. Um, yep. What's the vibe been like out in Boulder for the listeners uh, of ours that are heading out there? Because there's going to be a lot of them, I have a feeling. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, the, the, the vibe has been off the charts because of, of Prime and what he's done in that game. And then you add to it the Nebraska week. And, and so, you know, we're, on, on Saturday, think of this for a second. We're going to open up the 100th year of Colorado football at Folsom Field. Okay, so that was already kind of a big deal that, that we've been planning for in the, inside the athletic department. Then you've got the Coach Prime effect, the win last week effect, uh, the Heisman conversation around, around Shadour and Travis, and then you throw the fact that the Huskers are coming in, and it's a nationally televised game. And I was joking with somebody, and I said, I'm not sure that old building's going to be able to handle the atomic bomb that goes off at 10 o'clock Mountain Time on Saturday morning. It, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's 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 unlike anything I've ever seen. I've been doing this a long time, and you know, I before coming here, I was I was at Syracuse when Carmelo Anthony and that group won the national championship. So I was around kind of that a super team like that that did some phenomenal things. And and as great as that was, that doesn't even touch the kind of the hype that I'm seeing right now. And wow. you know, Gary Barnett on the air the other day at the end of the ballgame looked at me and he said, "This is starting to feel like 1990." You know, when the Buffs won the national championship. So it it is it's. Uh, as if Buff's great Alfred Williams always likes to say, it's off the chain, and that's exactly what it is right now in Boulder. One last one for you, Mark, right before we let you go. Um, speaking of the uh, a big picture here, the Pac-12 Conference, I mean, hanging on by a thread at this point, if hanging on at all. I mean, Colorado's moving back to the Big 12. I, I guess just your overall thoughts on on the college football landscape and, and all the conference realignment uh, now that Colorado is, is right in the thick of it. How about the fact that the Pac-12 is 13-0 and this season, the only undefeated conference in America, and it's on life support and ready to have the plug pulled on it. I mean, the irony is just, is just rich. It really is stunning. Uh, the, the long uh, view of the 12 years of the Pac-12 is a total, utter failure of leadership. 
that resulted in what we're seeing right now. The landscape in college athletics right now, as we well know, uh, there's no firm footing anywhere. Okay, and and so uh, that added to it. But it was another failure of leadership of the Pac-12 that this has all happened. Now, uh, it's not over with. I, you know, I like this. There's an old line I heard years ago that said, "If you think you have peace, it's only because everybody's reloading." And so now that we've seen the last couple of chips fall here with Stanford and Cal going to the ACC, and you've got you know the Pac-2 sitting out there in Oregon State and Washington mm-hmm. State. Um, you know, we don't know what their fate's going to be. I think this thing will quiet down a little bit for the next, I don't know, two, three, maybe four years, and then it's going to come, you know, ramp back up. I don't necessarily like the way that college football is going with NIL, with Transfer Portal, with all the upheaval in, in, in what we're seeing from a conference standpoint, but it's the reality of where we are, and we're going to have to kind of fight our way through it. Mark, appreciate the time. I, I I obviously know there's a lot going on out there in Boulder, but uh, I, I I'm I'm excited to get out there uh, this weekend, and I know we're we're bringing out a couple of people from our station as well, just to because it's going to be a big game on Saturday. We're looking forward to it. We appreciate your time. Awesome. Come by and say hi. I look forward to seeing you. There he is, Mark Johnson, the voice of the Buffs, joining us here on the Happy Hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Appreciate Mark. Now, obviously, I mean, that was very, I don't want to say one-sided, but very pro-Colorado, right? And, and, and understandably so, I think. I think one thing that I did take away from Mark in that conversation there is the Hey, I, there's a lot of unknowns, and, and and the same can be said regarding Nebraska, right? And and this is a good way to end this show. A lot can be said about Nebraska's performance last Thursday against Minnesota. A lot can be said about Colorado's performance last Saturday against TCU. There's a lot of unknowns regarding Nebraska football right now. There's a lot of expectations uh, involving Nebraska football as well. And, and as we discussed yesterday and a little bit at the beginning of the show, Saturday is an ex- extremely, extremely great opportunity for a springboard for Nebraska football. If they can go on the road, and it's not to just any old team, it's to Colorado. Mm-hmm. And in this season where there's so much hype and there's so much uh, media presence r- around Coach Prime, Great opportunity ahead for Nebraska. Not just regular Colorado. This is Coach Prime's Colorado. This is this is number twenty two after a one win season last year and one win this season. Colorado. This is like you said, an atomic bomb is going to be dropped on uh, on Folsom Field at ten o'clock when the game yeah. kicks off. It's going to be electric. So I, I completely understand. You know, if that if that was tough to not listen to necessarily, but just tough to stomach as there was so much good being talked about with Deion Sanders and and Colorado. But it did provide a little bit of insight as long as you uh, can look through, I suppose. Yeah. Nebraska, Colorado. I will not be in the studio today. I will be uh, streaming, or tomorrow. I will be streaming in from Denver tomorrow afternoon, but I will be on the show. Uh, appreciate um, Rico. Appreciate Sammy and Sarah from Nebraska Soccer. And uh, we will be back with you tomorrow, 1 o'clock. Talk to you then. Adios. Adios.